heard a rumor I could find you at the new frontier. I kept fixing my hair, checking my lips in the mirror. A two-step, back-step, turn around and dip your head back, cowboy. Shake those lazy hips in my direction. That's Dana Manning with Charlie Lake from her wonderful new Chamber Folk solo album, Morning Light. Now, Dana Manning is a founding member of Canadiana folk trio Trent Seven, who after three albums are currently on hiatus. And Dana's new album, Morning Light, was produced with the help of Stratford Festival alumnus Ben Bolt-Martin, who arranged all the songs for Chamber Orchestra. And it's an absolutely fabulous recording. 
with a wonderful and sumptuous feel and a great selection of original and traditional songs. And it's not the only new release from Dana Manning. Dana has also released a fine memoir about songwriting entitled Many Moons. To learn more about the new album and the book, we're pleased to welcome Dana Manning to Folk Roots Radio. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you so much. You must be pretty happy with the way this album turned out. I'm thrilled. It's very rare that I feel so good about an album when it goes <laughs> to the world. But I feel like I've had the experience. This is the seventh record I've worked on and put out. And I feel like I just have the knowledge of how to hire the right people and put a group of people together that will work well together. And I think it takes, you know, 40 years to figure that out. Well, it's really nice that you have the album and the wonderful book on songwriting as well, because I didn't realize until I was reading the book that, you know, you actually had a bit of a pop career back in the day, didn't you? I did. I was signed to EMI um, really young. I had actually made a record on a speculation deal with the studio. So I made this record. I got to do kind of my wildest dreams record. And at the time, I really loved everyone from Gordon Lightfoot to Rage Against the Machine. And you, you can tell that on that first record. Um, it was then bought by EMI. And I kind of I kind of did have a pop career. My first single with them was very much an acoustic folk song called um, Half the Man. And then my second single was a pop song called My Addiction, which confused people, I think, greatly that I, that I worked in so many different genres. I think I've always been a folk artist, just may not have been aware of exactly what folk was at the time I was making my first record. And I think eventually the EMI deal that you mentioned, you was a sp- speculation deal i think that you did get uh, a significant advance right for for the second album is that right yeah well i mean i never really personally got significant advances from from them um but i did get large budgets to work with on different records so that was interesting and fun and was very interesting to learn that one budget didn't make a better record than the next that it was really about coming together and having vision and um the right people being in the room. So after your original solo career, then I think that Trent Seven came together. Yeah. Trent Seven came together. I, I kind of was still just doing my own thing, writing solo songs. And then um, Em and I had a, a gig together and she actually heard me play Charlie Lake and had this idea for Trent Seven in her brain and thought maybe that I'd be the right person to do it with after I think I played that song. <laughs> I was already kind of in the um, writing in the genre we wanted to write in. So there was the three of you. There was M, Laura C. Bates, and yourself. Now, currently, Trent Seven would be M, yourself, and Lindsay Schindler. But I think you're on hiatus at the moment. Is that right? We are. We're not sure where, what, where we're going to take that project at the moment. Yeah. Which is exciting because now you have this wonderful morning light project. And I, I don't know. I mean, I said at the start, I just absolutely love this album. I love the way that you have blended these two worlds, you know, of the classical background and with these folk songs. They just go so well together. They do. And, you know, I'm researching things. I, I think there's a good explanation as to why. Folk is the genre of the people kind of in the popular world and chamber is the genre of the people in the classical world. It was, you know, 
formed by professionals and amateurs in their living rooms for fun and still is. And same with folk music. I could completely say that about folk music. And I think bringing them together is a natural fit. And I did, you know, I um, did think of long about um, how it needed to sound. It really had to be around stringed instruments to me. Like I had to play acoustic guitars and banjos because when I played piano, it would be too classical, right? Yeah, it was really, 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 really fun trying to combine these sounds and redoing some of these old folk songs that I've come across traveling across Canada and including them was just a wild idea for me, but they really work side by side. I really wanted to try and um, break down time boundaries and genre boundaries. So let's talk about the first song we played. That was Charlie Lake. Now you mentioned, I think that was a song that originally went to Trent Seven. No, um, it existed before Trent Severn, which is interesting, and I've never recorded it. But it, I think it sparked the, an idea for Trent Severn. And I wrote that song when I was living on the Alaska Highway, actually. And Charlie Lake is a pretty amazing spot. It's just north of Fort St. John. And one night I was out there with a bunch of friends on the lake, and the northern lights came out like we had never seen them before. And they taught me that night that if I whistled at the Northern Lights, they would dance. And so there was 15 people on a dock going. <laughs> and I really remembered the intervals people chose to, to whistle at the lights. There was a, there was definitely a, a sound about it. And I was also always fascinated with Charlie Lake because it's one of the places in North America where the earliest evidence of human life has been found. And there's this amazing cave up on the, on the bank where, um, these artifacts were found by Simon Fraser, Fraser University. And yeah, there's just some, a lot of stories to the, to the lake and to the area. And I felt like those Northern lights were the spirits of the lakes that were all tied to the lakes coming down to say hi to us. <laughs> we, we should mention that Charlie Lake is actually one of the chapters in your wonderful songwriting memoir, yeah. Many Moons. Uh, it is it's a little chapter. And it was actually the first chapter I wrote which was interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I love about the book is because every chapter in the book is about a song, it's actually a kind of lovely way to get to know you and get to know your history. And again, as we mentioned at the start of the interview, I really didn't realize, you know, the whole story about the EMI deal and how that all worked out. But it's, it's actually kind of nice, especially now that both the book and the album are available you can listen to the album and read the book at the same time, which I think is a great thing to do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, the, the book actually kind of leads up to where I where this album comes out, which is really neat and how I got to this place where I found, where I feel most comfortable and most like I'm in, at home like, because the album is entirely made at home and I'm born to classical musicians and it just feels like home. <laughs> I want to talk about the people that played on the album with you, but before we get there, what I'd like to do is play another track from it. And we've selected You, You, You. So tell us a little bit about this song. This is actually, this is my favorite track on the album. They change every so often, but I've got to live with the album a little bit longer than everyone. But so this has become my favorite. So this features um, Franklin Braz on piano, um, who's, he's the musical director of the festival Shakespeare Shakespeare Festival Theater and he's just a killer player and it was so fabulous to have him on the album he actually lives two doors down from me so he's my next door neighbor I wrote this song actually 
kind of about, you know, long distance love and it, it has the wild drama of falling in love and then kind of the ease of settling into that love at the end. It's a beautiful song. Let's listen to it now. This is Dana Manning with You, You, You from her wonderful new album, Morning Light. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Silence is gone. 
That's Dana Manning with UUU from her new album, Morning Light. Dana Manning's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. She's in Stratford. I am in Leamington, Ontario, chatting about a wonderful album and a book. And I just kind of love the whole idea. You know, I get the sense that you're very businesslike about the way that you manage your career. And I, I'm curious as to whether when you started the book, uh, did you always have in mind that the book and the album would be released at the same time? No. And in hindsight, I actually think putting the book and the record out at the same time was a bit confusing for people. But I I, I don't know. I, I like it. I think it was a good idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I love it. But, I, you know, I guess I, I, I like to, to learn why people, you know, write the songs they do. I mean, it's part of the reason why I love doing this radio show. When you decided to make this a chamber folk album, take us through that process because that's fascinating that you decided to go in this direction. Oh yeah, it's so interesting. I actually started my um my crowdfunding campaign for this album before I even started decided to do it as a chamber folk record. I had always really struggled with I think as an acoustic guitar player, I had struggled with the traditional instruments of drums, bass, and electric guitar because the drums and me are doing the same thing. And we're constantly, you know, acoustic guitar is very much a rhythm instrument. Someone said to me this summer, everyone can play acoustic guitar. You can learn the left hand, but the right hand is your personality. It's who you are. I really love that because it's very true. So I constantly struggled with the percussive element of it. And I was invited to play folk songs from the 1800s with a group called Inner Chamber in Stratford. And they are, they have a series all, all winter that plays different types of chamber music. They're always original shows. They're not booking acts that are coming through. They come up with different ideas. And so this was the brainchild of Andrew Chung, who plays all the violin on Morning Light. As soon as we had our first rehearsal, I went, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. It just really um, was a situation where my acoustic guitar could lead the feel and lead the percussion of the song with all these beautiful dramatic ideas coming around. And I always write really cinematically, like like Charlie Lake's pretty cinematic. And same with you, you, you. And I just felt this connection with Ben Bolt Martin, the way that he was arranging everything, I just knew immediately that this is what I was going to do. The other thing that was lured me in was the sound of the French horn with my voice. You'll often hear them, um, especially live, take over each other. And I loved that. Well, I, you know, I, I was sitting working on the interview today. And, you know, whenever I'm preparing for an interview, I always like to obviously listen to the, the music of the person they're going to talk to. But I just love the, the sound that you've achieved on this album. Tell us a little bit about how you manage that. One thing we talked about was opening up, you know, chamber music isn't necessarily just flute, violin, cello, and French horn like we chose. It can be anything. And there was a lot of talk about bringing in different instruments, but I really wanted it to, to keep to that those four. I loved um, the flute in particular, and in particularly the flute player, Laura Chambers, just has this unbelievable feel and um, sound to her flute that I can't, I honestly haven't heard it <laughs> duplicated. I fell in love with the sound in these musicians. And so I really did limit it to, to those four instruments with a few guests, my father and my mother guest and a two piano players guest. But yeah, they, that was the sound that we used for 1867, which was our, our chamber folk show. And I didn't want to vary from that. No. And I just, 
think it works. It turned out fabulously. Now, yeah. interestingly, you've put some traditional songs on this album. Was that something you wanted to do with these songs that had always appealed to you? They were actually from the show that we did. Because of that show, I had to do all kinds of research through all you know traditional folk songs and find which ones I wanted to present. And Bonnie Banks of the Virgio, I actually heard Stephanie and Daniel Payne do in um, Cowhead, Newfoundland. They're quite famous in the area. I think Stephanie's one of the best traditional singers I've ever heard in my life. She pointed me into the direction for that song. I didn't do exactly the arrangement they did, but I but I took from the same places. It's the lyrics are from one version and the melody is from a different version that were collected and they're put together, but I kind of made it into this kind of dark um dark song. It's a bit of a pretty dark tale. Um whereas it's normally performed like um Two young ladies went for a walk, like quite quick. And I made it into a a very strange ballad. Um, Peter Amberley is probably the most famous lumbering song um, from the East Coast. And I just can't get enough of it. That one, um, we wanted to give it a Gordon Lightfoot treatment. And so we changed a few of the chords to give it his feel. There's a, a B minor that happens that I think at the end of some of the verses that really give it a light foot feel. And then the Weaver, kind of a controversial one to include, I think, in the Me Too era. What I loved about it was that these racy folk songs, most of them were lost and because the men wouldn't sing them to Edith Folk as she was collecting them. And, you know, this one was, uh, I think, collected by O.J. Abbott from a man named Leahy somewhere in Ontario in the late 1800s. And then I think Edith got it from OJ. And there was, I did change actually one line at the end of the song that I didn't want to sing. It was so racy, you know? Um, But there's something just so fun and whimsical uh, about it that I wanted to include on the banjo. And I don't know, I just felt like they fit in right in with what I was trying to do. (laughs) So there they were. Well, we've chosen Peter Ambley to play next. Let's listen to that. This is Dana Manning from her wonderful album, Morning Light, and Peter Ambley. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. My name is Peter Amberley, as you may understand. Edward Island close by the ocean's dread In eighteen hundred and eighty when the flowers were a brilliant hue I left my native country my fortune to pursue I landed in New Brunswick that lumbering country I received my deathly wound There's danger on the ocean Where the waves roll mountain high There's danger on the battlefield Where the angry bullets fly There's danger 
Dana Manning with Peter Ambley from her new album, Morning Light. It's an absolutely fabulous album. The thing I think that is so cool about Dana Manning and the way that she's approaching her music career is the fact that she's also written a wonderful book about songwriting as well. It is entitled Many Moons. It's not quite a companion to the album, but it does take different songs that she's written in her career and writes chapters about them and tells the story of her music from her early solo career, her days with Trent Seven, and then I think takes us up to the present. Dana Manning as our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. I can't get over the fact that you've written this wonderful book. And, you know, I have to say, and I'm going to say this now, you're a really good writer. I'm <laughs> looking forward to the next one. Well, that's kind. It's so funny because I thought about, I, I actually made the book and the record simultaneously. And the amount of care I put into the record does not even compare to the, to the, with the book, I really had to go stream of consciousness and just let myself do whatever came out because I don't consider myself a writer. And I think if I was too hard on myself, it wouldn't have come out, you know? 
It's nice to hear that because I feel I'm, <laughs> I just didn't feel like a great writer. <laughs> well, you know, I can't talk about the editing process that you went through, but I do know that when I sat down to, to read this, I sat down and read. And, you know, I think it was sort of half the book one day and half the book another day. Uh, nice. Certainly, I think when you're getting to know a songwriter, it's a great way to do it. And actually, I'm starting to think other people should be thinking about doing things like this. It was just really wow. nice to... To be able to I'm see that. I'm hoping to do another book with 12 different songwriters. That's my next book. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And then hopefully they will want to write their own book. Yeah. So the book and the album have been released. You actually, I think, had a release show in Stratford just a, a week or so ago at the Revival House. Tell us I a little did. bit about that. Oh, it was so beautiful. Well, I have a business in town called the Folk Army where I teach young girls to play and sing and write between eight and 18. And three of them opened the show in a songwriter in the round. So they each played two songs and it was so good and so charming. And then we took a short break and then we actually, we played the album kind of in succession. We played the back half of the album first. So we started with the Weaver and played it through till reflections and then started with um, Charlie Lake and played through to the end. What was so magical about it was every single person who played on the record was available to be there and guest on the album uh, or guest at the show. And so it was extremely special. It just felt like a wonderful community night. And I'm so looking forward to doing it again in Toronto very soon. We have a, two more two more shows where we're going to do exactly this, play the album in succession and have uh, the Folk Army open up. That's right, because I think you're at Hughes Room in Toronto in just a week or so, right? Yeah, November 15th, we're there. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And where is the other release show you're doing? We're doing the Grand Theatre, the McManus Stage, on um, December 15th in London. Oh, that's going to be lovely. Well, you know, it's certainly, I was just checking out the pictures on Facebook, and if the the show is as good as the pictures on Facebook, it's going to be um, a wonderful show. I'm curious as to where the, the future lies as far as your music is concerned. You know, you've got this wonderful Chamber Folk album yeah. out there. When you tour, though, I imagine that often touring might be more of a solo affair just because of the distances involved. Well, actually, no, that's what this, you know, you said that <laughs> I'm pretty business savvy and I am pretty business savvy. This record is easy to tour because I can go to like to prefer to do is bring Ben Bolt Martin with me, but everyone else can be hired in the area. And so even in Toronto, we're actually not playing with the same musicians. We're doing a, a rehearsals and um, a rehearsal during the afternoon and we'll do the show at night. Everything's charted on paper and easy for people to play. With the record, they can just um, kind of go through their parts and practice and then we do the show. And it's actually probably more tourable than other things because I don't have to fly people or put anyone up in hotels. I think that is a business savvy yeah. decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that that's very cool, you know, because I think that's one of the challenges, right, with the, you know, making music these days is sometimes people can create this wonderful album, but make it really hard to tour simply because of the logistics and, and the financial costs involved. Yeah, and I did learn that from Trent Severn. I mean, we really did try to make records that we could replicate live, and it made life a lot easier. So the album is done. The book is done. You've already mentioned you're going to be working on another book. The Folk Army, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. It's kind of a private music school and group classes in Stratford here. And it's, 
I do have a few male students, but it's almost entirely um, women and girls who want to play guitar and sing. And I think it's because they all see me doing this in the community and um, think of me as the person who would they'd want to learn from. And I just love that. And I never set out to just kind of teach girls or women, but it's what who signed up when I said I would do this. Um, so we do lots of different performances, lots of solo performances. We'll sing it you know, old folks' homes or um, community events. They also got to sing on the Stratford Festival stage this year. And pal, we all did the log driver's waltz together and dressed up in plaid. And it was just a thrill for all of those kids who've seen all those wonderful productions there. And they finally get to be backstage and see the actors and stuff. So that was really wonderful for them. And it's really almost sometimes more about the confidence that it brings to the girls than anything what I find most of them don't actually want to play in public. They, they want to just do this as part of their hobbies and ways to connect with their friends. And yeah, it's probably what I spend my most, most of my time on and what I'm most proud of. I can certainly tell just talking to you now, I think you must be a great teacher. And I did love those again, when I was checking those pictures out today and uh, the three girls on stage with you at the release show was absolutely lovely. Yeah, one of them actually is doing a little TVO kids spot with the Good Lovelies this week that's going to air in the springtime. And they are all very good. Like, actually, my my 14-year-old who played that night, Lauren Nielsen, she plays guitar as well as I do and has studied singing so hard with several different teachers. She was the talk of the dressing room. Like, it's really remarkable how, how good these kids are. And I can't wait till I can bring them different places and everyone can see them. She will be at um, Hugh's room as well. Oh, that's lovely. It's been an yeah. absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Remember, if you want to learn more about Dana Manning's music, go to danamanning.com. We just have one yes. thing left to do, Dana, and that is to play the final song. I thought we should play I Get Closer. Because I get we're, closer, yeah. we're doing a video call. I kind of feel like we're closer. But tell us a little bit about this song. Believe it or not, that song was written for, about my cat, Mr. Kitty. <laughs> and um, kind of more about the human trials and tribulations through the eyes of a cat, if that makes any sense. It's the Peter Wolf of the album. The flute plays the b- bird, the marimba plays the fish, and the violin plays the mouse. And I loved how, I just absolutely loved how Uh, Ben Bolt Martin arranged that and my mother actually plays clarinet on that oh that's beautiful and you know Peter and the Wolf was one of my favorite albums when I was growing up I used to play Uh, it all the time yeah maybe that's Uh, why I love this album so much Dana Manning it's been wonderful to talk to you today this is Dana Manning with I Get Closer from her wonderful new album Morning Light you're listening to Folk Roots Radio and I'm Jan Hall and thanks again that was wonderful thank you a privilege to be on your show chasing birds They're so pretty Haven't you heard I lie in the grass And wait For one of them To call my name And then I go And climb a tree I swear they sit And wait for me But then they Up and fly away But I get Closer every day 
get closer every day I've been dying to catch a fish Oh, how I want one in my dish They've been eyeing me all day Making me a crazy waste But I got patience, can't you tell Closer every day. 